Uh, hello, are we on the air yet? So, you want to chat all things Hillcrest? Find out what's the tea in D.C.? Or who's up and coming in town? And what shows are hot and where? Entertainment, pop culture, and all things drag? Well, you've come to the right place. From the Church of Glam Studios, live from the world-famous Urban Moe's Bar and Grill. This is GGTV. Hey, girl, hey. Live from the Church of Glam Studios in the epicenter of Hillcrest, San Diego, this is GGTV. Sponsored by Absolute, Cornitos, Queen Yasmin Injury Law, 180 Degree Fitness, Cheeky Vimto, Pleasures and Treasurer, Leather Love, Interbalance Chiropractic, Shakespeare's Corner Shop and Afternoon Tea, and the American HIV Foundation. Now, let's get to it. Glitz Glam. Work it, mama. Here we go. Oh my goodness. Hey girl, hey, it's me, Gigi. Welcome to my very first podcast um, for the Church of Glam. This is um, I, this is our maiden voyage. So there may be some fuck-ups and technical difficulties. Love. Um, just, you know, roll with us. We're glad you're here. I'm on live down here. We're on live on Instagram and Facebook. And we're here to talk to you about Hillcrest, about what the Church of Glam is. Uh, we want to know about what's going on in D.C. I have some correspondence here with me as well. I'm super excited to have uh, Chad Michaels. Hey, girl, hey. Hey, girl, hey. You look adorable. Thank you. I'm a correspondent. Uh, you, you are a correspondent. I've always wanted that. <laughs> and we have Khalil over here. Hey, honey, how you doing? I'm doing fabulous, Khalil. We're so happy that you're here with us. I can't wait to hear your words of wisdom today. Ooh, words. Mm, words. That's your forte. <laughs> That's my forte. Mm-hmm. I'm a word bender. <laughs> ready. Yes. So, um, basically, let me just get this started off as to what the Church of Glam is to me. Yes, invite us to church. Yes. You know, um, growing up, I had a very tumultuous kind of relationship with God. I lost my father when I was very young. So, you know, that made me feel like what kind of God would take away your father? It, 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 it cast a lot of doubt, a lot of, um, a lot of sadness, a lot of anxiety. At an early age, dealing with death was difficult. I was only seven, you know, and at the same time, I've had this incredible spirituality inside of me, you know, I, I believe in love, I believe in light, I believe in a superior being or energy, if you will, but I cannot grasp or accept a book that was written by men over and over again over thousands of years, you know, rewritten, telling us rules of how to live and what's appropriate and what's not. I mean, yes, a book of a book uh, written by men for men to control men. Uh-huh. Right. And I'm um, pre- predominantly uh, white men, of white course. Men, of yeah. Course. You know, because yeah. they're the ones that want to be in control. Okay. <laughs> they're the writers. Of course. You know, so I kind of Church of Glam is just the beginning of something that I hope Will be, I know will become something great in the future, and I hope will provide a space, a safe space for maybe people who can identify with the same 
feelings that I have. You know, I, I don't want to discredit um, religion and, and, and anyone's faith because I think it's important to have faith, to, to have faith in something that makes you a better person or, or inspires you to be a better person. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. I just want to make sure that people know we are not trying to make fun of any kind of church or religion. Church in itself is a place to worship. And uh, we just happen to worship drag, divas, and dick here at Urban Moe's. Uh, yeah, and working here at Moe's, you know, Gigi, like, and watching this whole thing start to evolve from the House of Glam and now going into the Church of Glam, your heart is completely in the right place, and today is the start of something big, I think. So, congrats. Thank you so much. And, and uh, if you don't mind me stroking you for a moment as well. You can stroke me, babe. <laughs> you know, we are so um, spoil honored, spoiled, grateful to have you here in San Diego. You bring so much to our community. And I, I really wanted to bring you on here, not to even really talk about Drag Race, because I just think that's just a small part of you, I mean a big part, but uh, you know, you are so much more than that experience. You know, you have been an institution here in San Diego for many years, many, many years. And and you are, as I've gotten to know you over the years, uh, working with you on Dreamgirls, uh, we've developed a friendship and I've learned so much about you and Adam. You are, are truly the sweetest, kindest people. Well. And, well, we love you, and we love Moe's, and I just, I'm, I really feel like I'm the lucky one, and I mean, I've said this before, you know, over the last decade, Wednesday nights and Dreamgirls has really been, I've tried to keep it like my number one priority, and be here when I can be here, and um, it's a pretty good track record so far, but we're, we feel like we're the lucky ones, because we've got such an incredible, you know, Matt and, and Chris have been just so wonderful over the years, and Doug have been so wonderful. And then, you know, you coming in and taking the range and doing so many big things and still, you know, working us in there and giving us priority, we feel lucky. And I just, I love, like I said, Wednesday nights is my church and, and um, I feel truly blessed. Absolutely. I mean, in general, Moe's is the church. Yeah. And Khalil. Hello, hello, hello. You know, I'm just meeting you. We, we met maybe a, a week ago. Um, well, um, my partner had introduced me to some of your word work, if you will, your word wizardry, <laughs> yes, word. if you will. And, it, and, you know, other than that, I, I, incredibly moving what you do. Um, and, and, and you make it look so easy. It just flows out of you. And, uh, I, I tell me a little bit more about you. Like, where are you from? Like, tell me, what's your sign? I, what, tell me. Go deep. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> well, thank you, and thank you so much for having me. Um, and it's exciting to be here. I um, signed Capricorn, first of all. Yes, Capricorn. <laughs> yes, Capricorn. Um, and yeah, I'm a spoken word artist, um, amongst uh, many other things, and I, I'm really... Yeah, you gotta get up on that mic. Sorry, yeah, so I'm a yeah. spoken word artist, um, amongst many other things, and um, I'm excited to share space um, with you guys. I, I, um, I know from a distance of your work and who you are and, and, and what staples in this community you are, and when I heard about what you were creating here um, and, and the space that you were opening up for the community, I was um, 
kind of floored. I think it's I think it's beautiful um, your your vision and your your messages of inclusion and the ways in which um, even in your introduction when you talked about the idea of of having a church. Um, I think um, for the LGBT community, our bars, our our nightclubs, are our sanctuaries. This is where we come to to experience love and to to actually practice the things that traditional religions speak about, but don't always necessarily have proof of for folks that fall outside of you know like we said, white men trying to control white men. And as, as a spoken word artist, I, I, I try my best to sort of break barriers and create space um, and tell stories and um, amplify voices for folks that are uh, traditionally shut out of the congregation. So um, I'm excited to, to be able to bring some of that in here and, and to be um, sharing space with people who have um, such a beautiful mind and spirit and soul for, for all the things that I believe in. Wow. I love it. You excite me. You you activate me. Ooh, I love, that. I love that. I'm an activator. That's what I'm here to do. Better. Yes, an activator. Speaking of activators, um, we have an amazing lineup today. After the podcast, mm -hmm. we have the formal launch of the Church of Glam, yes. and we are so excited to have um, my probably loudest and most obnoxious uh, child, Miriam T, will be here later performing. Gird your uh, loins. Girl. <laughs> it was red dress last night, so I feel like we may see some walk of shame red dresses here today, <laughs> actually. That I'm here for. I'm here uh, for that. <laughs> we also have, um, she is a force, girl. She came onto this scene, what, only like... A few years ago, three or four years ago, um, Strawberry Corn Cakes, mm -hmm. yes. Courtney, hey, sis. has reinvented, reignited artistry here in our little community. We've always had a really strong drag um, presence here, but what she's done with Stunt and all of her events is just above and beyond, and she has created such a vibe. And, and also watching Courtney... I mean, it's been 10 years now, almost 10 years I've been watching. The growth, oh. the evolution, Honey. and and and, we've, and I've had conversations, recent conversations with Courtney about her drag and where it is now and where it's going is, is she's just on the right track. She's following her heart. She's saying, screw what the kids want. She's like, I'm gonna do what I wanna do and I just, I'm, I'm, I stand, I support, and I'm here with it all the way, honey. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm going to double down on the Courtney love. I, I think she's amazing, and she has definitely been transforming space and really, really helping to, like, build and reinvigorate community. It's been exciting to come out and be in spaces that she holds, and her artistry is just outdoing itself every time that we see her, and I'm, I'm really 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 excited about everything that she's doing for, for San Diego and I have uh, her businesswoman hat that yes. she has she's well, on girl it, it blows my mind she had I, I and I knew from the beginning you know she was gonna she was gonna be something. she's a bit of a natural and I think that once once Courtney has decided you know exactly what direction she wants to take now it's on it's on now like, it's on like there's no stopping uh -huh. now. having no limits endless possibilities and that's like, that's where we kind of all want to yeah. be right now. <laughs> and I want to just talk about the look. The look has... Uh, yes. I love it. I, just, love, I feel like she just, like, came out of a cocoon. You know what I mean? Like, this is who I always was. But, like, like all of us, 
we have we bend to social pressures we we uh, compare ourselves to others we see people and say we're supposed to be like that and this is this is a barrier that i believe that that strawberry has has gone through and broken through and um like i said it's all up from here yes it is. Mm-hmm. so we're excited to have her here a little later she will be joining us for the podcast in the future uh today though she has her ultimate drag brunch over at brass rail (laughs) business to conduct business to conduct Uh, miriam would be here too um she will be here in the future but she is also um performing there today as well as my uh, glam angel jazzy Mm -hmm. jasmine glam who will be our little queen on the scene to tell you all about the up-and-coming baby queens here in hillcrest we want to make sure that this podcast is a a show of love and gratitude for our whole entire community. Well, I've fallen in love with all of your kids, and and Jasmine, as you know, drives the whole damn Dream Girls car on Wednesday night. She's our hostess. They're our hostess, and I just have fallen in love with them so much. And and all of your children are are all so diverse and unique, and and a pure joy. They they really are. <laughs> I, and I've said it before that I. I think they're all kind of really more cool than I am. <laughs> so and that's um, the hope, right? Right, it right. Yeah. You know, it so is. I I learn from them just as much as they may or may not learn from me. I mean, many a, a few of them are very established already. Um, we have some others that are still coming up in the scene, but uh, you know, I'm just I'm blessed to have people who want to follow me. Well, you're the rock and the glue, yeah. and and. Um, you know, you're just kind of there to hold hold space and and help and do what you can for these kids. Yeah, you don't know? sleep, honey. You're pretty damn cool. You are. Oh, <laughs> damn thank cool. you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So we're, we're really happy to have them over here later. They'll be in a, in a bit later. Um, I do want to do a really quick shout out to one of our sponsors. And this is a little, a little surprise um, for Chad. Um, we are sponsored by Shakespeare's Corner Shop and Afternoon Tea. Wonderful. So as you can see, you have some tea in front of you. And they have made you... A Chad Michaels green tea and rubos, rubios. That is delightful. I called. Do you know um, that? I called Adam and I asked him what your, uh, what did you like? What your flavors are and stuff. I did not know you were su- you had a sweet tooth. <laughs> it's <laughs> there, definitely my downfall, but that's all right. There, there was worse. some sweet tooth in there. So this is a green and I don't know. Ru- Rubio, Rubios, Rubios, okay, Rubios yeah. blend. That's a, that's a vanilla. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Um, that is totally chilling. Mm. Wild rose petals show the love, while a fruity apple tarts it up. Calendulas, cornflowers, and jasmine make it as unique as Chad. Wow. So they made that just for you, girl. Come on, description. Take me away, girl. This is like a. Let's all let's all take a little. That's a moment. Thank you for that. Cheers. Mm. You know, tea is so much better for you than coffee. Oh, I love tea. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It is coffee. Mm -hmm. mm. It tastes delicious, Chad. It does. It's really good. Now I feel like we're in that that skit from SNL when it's like, you know what? The weather. It's sweater weather. Sweater weather. (laughs) Sweater weather. Sweater weather. I love a good sweater weather. Fall is starting. And can I say I'm grateful that today is actually kind of cool? Oh, baby, this overcast (laughs) drag weather, baby. Loving it, loving it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so let's get into some 
some dirt. Okay. Let's get into some dirt. So one of the other reasons I had some ulterior motives for bringing Chad on today, um, and it's, it's a touchy subject, but I feel like church and politics or religion and politics are usually the subjects you're not supposed to talk about. Ooh. So I said, fuck it, let's talk about church and politics today. And um, the truth of the matter is my husband gets very stressed. Well, we were all very stressed for four years. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, <laughs> we're still, and Stress we're starting continues. stressing uh, more. Um, and we actually, as a couple, made the conscious decision to get rid of BBC. Mm -hmm. um, we felt that BBC, while being one of the more neutral you know, uh, uh, news outlets, still, it, it just, every morning ended up seeing whatever the orange fucking turd did that day yeah, and well, turned into... Try the new CNN. <laughs> oh. I feel betrayed. I feel disrespected. I mean, that, I've watched CNN my whole life. I won't turn it on anymore. Have they, they turned into the new Fox News? Uh, they're trying to. I mean, they, they've got new ownership that, that leans to the right and their coverage reflects it. Ugh. And I mean, I'm not what's the tea in DC with international superstar RuPaul's Drag Race All Star and Dream Girls legend Chad Michaels? Chad has found his way through the ancient underground tunnels of San Diego to the world famous Urban Moe's Bar and Grill in the daytime. What's the tea in DC, Chad? That was some official introduction right there. You know, I felt that I, <laughs> since Cher uses the underground tunnels of Vegas to get yes. to the Coliseum, yes. it was only appropriate that you used old, like... And believe me, I've been crawling around Hillcrest for 40 years. I know where all the tunnels are, girl. I know where all, all the dirty tunnels. Um, wow, I hope I, I... with After that introduction, I feel pressure. I better know what I'm talking about. Girl, Listen, we're here. We're here. We are all here, and we are all queer. Oh, speaking of queer. Oh, well, somebody's arrived. Hi, Will. The Jello Shop Mafia is in 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 the building. Hi, Will. <laughs> yes. Thank you for okay. joining us. I'm gonna hold off myself. It's too early yes. for me. I still have a sermon to conduct. Yes. <laughs> okay, maybe later on. <laughs> Thank you, Will. Thank you. I will. But feel free to walk by a few more times. Yes. Yeah. You can lose the shorts too. We do worship Dick here on Sundays, so. Look at him, he's all shiny oh, and clean. Look at him. So be cute. Young and tight. Young and taut. <laughs> Bounce a quarter off his tits. Yes. So yes, uh, all the TNDC. I you know what? I have not been following the January 6th show, which yes. I know you watch with popcorn. I have. We've been watching it. I've been watching it with my partner Adam. And um, the TNDC is I think that there's there's really two things and, and the one is the upcoming midterm elections are, are do or die. It's the last stop um, for democracy, really. Um, and the uh, flip side of that, which has everything to do with it, is, is Trump. And um, his, his, uh, he's a danger to our democracy. And um, I think that uh, Kinzinger and um, the kids on the J6 committee are uncovering enough evidence to... Um, indict him with something there, there's just so much to sift through right um the pick rate a crime any crime there, any pick a crime any crime and he's got so many cases against him right now pending um you know he he stole classified documents kept them for uh, two years uh, lied about giving them all back these were top secret documents we still don't know exactly what they had to do with but this is 
this is not protocol. This is not protocol. And and this whole thing goes far, far deeper than than anyone can imagine. And if you're paying attention, you might be able to imagine if you're if you're into politics and paying attention to what's going on. Um, this is a clear and present danger to our democracy. And everybody needs to register to vote. It doesn't care. It doesn't matter if you're in a blue state or a red state. You need to register to vote. You need to talk to all your friends. You need to talk to your family. And they need to talk to their friends and family. We need to start bringing this back together before we lose it all. And my suggestion is vote blue down the line. You can have your opinion. Vote blue down the line. Get your. I'm going to get my local San Diego DNC suggested voting, and I'm voting blue down the line okay. because that's the only way we're going to save this bitch. Yeah. I don't even understand at this point. I, you know, I've only heard the bits and pieces because on Wednesday you, you usually have your, mm -hmm. your, your tangent. Well, I mean, there's so much going on. <laughs> and what, I, what I would like to, if I can get across anything today, is that if you are um, under 30 years old and you are love and obsessed with RuPaul's Drag Race and that's, and that's what you, or Dragula or whatever it is, and that's where all of your focus goes, I invite you to take a look at our government because it has all the same heroes and villains and excitement and shade and twists and turns that RuPaul's Drag Race has. And I promise you, you'll be far more invested in that because it's your duty as a citizen and you should know what's going on. And you should know about the gubernatorial races going on. You should know about the Congress, uh, the voting for Congress that's coming up for the House and for the senators. It is so important that we participate in this democracy before we lose it. And there are forces that have been working for this for decades. The Christian right, the Christian nationalists, they want to completely come into this country and give it a Gilead makeover. And if you think I'm kidding, they've already started with Roe and Wade, Roe versus Wade. They're coming for gay marriage rights. They're gonna, they would love it if they could make being gay illegal. If they could, they're gonna, and I promise you, they will go that far if they're allowed to, and we need to stop it. And I don't care what you do, I don't care if what you think you're gonna do is too small, if it's just calling your grandma who voted for Trump and talking to her and building a bridge, do that. If it, if you're a 20-something and you are a little bit more enlightened than your friends, maybe they're too distracted, sit them down and tell them what you know. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to know everything. Just give them enough to get them invested because it's so, so important. That's, you know, and that's why we're here. And I feel like, you know, so many communities in the last election didn't like either. So they just didn't vote. Oh, yeah. And I think that that... Uh that was also divisive, and uh, and I think folks who you know worship the orange man were banking on that happening. And I think that the intentional stress, the intentional division, the intentional um, you know gener generative hate, all of the things that were going towards uh, making people feel like. Um, politics wasn't a safe space or it was an overwhelming space for them to pay attention to therefore you know pushing them to tap out of the process it's like that is mm -hmm. exactly what folks that oppose our liberation are looking for us to do is to be overwhelmed to tap out to disconnect so that they can operate without opposition and I think that um, what Chad is saying is so important that you know one of the positive things um, that 
Trump did for us is that he literally turned our government into a reality TV show. And so it is definitely an open conversation that you can tune in and watch in all of the same, you know, ways in which we um, we consume other versions of that for entertainment. I think it's important for us to dive in and know the characters and get involved in the conversation and all of the intricacies of the relationships and understanding that what's happening in that room, although we've been directly told um, we're not invited there, that we don't belong in that space, what is happening in that conversation is directly about us. Absolutely. And, and we need to be not only heavily involved, but we need to be headlining that conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yes, Trump put all the cards on the table for everybody. And I think, I believe that the people who support him are not bad people. I think that they're, they're circumstances, but I also believe that they see themselves in him. Sure. And they have absolutely, he has made it so that all of this innate, quiet racism, not anymore. Everyone, it's guns out now. And, and when I say guns out, I mean literally guns no, out. No, yeah, yeah. Um, so... Yeah, we need we need to fix this. We need to we need to pull it back. We need to get um, we need to elect the right uh, people to Congress, the right people to the House. We need to obviously in 2024, whoever runs, get another Democrat in, um, because like I said, this Christian right they have an agenda, and it doesn't include people of color. It doesn't include LGBTQIA plus, and there's a lot of other. Yeah. It does not include transgender people. Well, it includes it, them as targets. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> and, and I, you know, I don't under... I, well, look, what we're watching history repeat itself right now. If you know who the brown shirts are in Nazi Germany, we just watched that happen on, on January 6, 2020. And that was, that was the preliminary coup that Hitler and his militias performed to try to take power. They failed. This is just what happened now. Ten years later, Hitler and his brown shirts, which would become the SS, took power in Nazi Germany. So we are literally watching this happen. And um, these militias, you know, I I don't want to scare people. I don't want to harp on people. I have friends of mine who hate when I talk about things. Mm -hmm. But these militias, these proud boys, these oath keepers, they are a very real thing. How much of a threat they, they, they pose... Um, state by state, I don't know, but they're a real thing, and 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 mobilization is happening right now. Right. So, I don't know what we're going to face in November if things don't go their way. Things could explode then. Maybe we'll get through it, but at some point, there, there's going to be a tipping point where um, the adults in the room need to make some decisions and pull us back off the edge because we are so close to. Um, really, really horrible things happening in this country. Absolutely, and I, you know, I feel consider anywhere else in the country, here in Southern California or in California in general, you would likely think that we're safer. Mm-hmm. But we still here. Just last week or every weekend, I'm sure he'll be here today. Have proud boys drive their white truck with their Trump flags, mm-hmm. screaming down University Ave. Um, we have eggs thrown at our buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when the Black Lives Matter movement was in full force, you know, we were out there. They were uh, graffitiing over anybody who showed support. Absolutely. And it, and it just irks me that these people are hiding behind religion, a uh-huh. Christian. No, you're, you're, you're just a racist. 
is what it is. And and there's also like a big California camouflage, right? That that gets broadcast about cities like San Diego. I think that people think that we're all like beaches and brunches, and that right. like things that are happening here are not political facing, or that like the the tragedies that we speak about are happening outside of this community and not internally, which is just absolutely false and so dangerous for us to walk around assuming that we too are not a part of the conversation, that folks in our communities, black and brown people that that occupy these same clubs with us every day outside of the weekend are directly facing, you know, oppressions, are directly under attack, are, are using these spaces to escape the realities that they're under because of the way that the that the things are facing politically and socially and the ways in which um, hate is being sensationalized right now. You know, people, I remember that when uh, when the Orange Man lost the last election, one of the first things that happened was a huge swastika got spray paid outside, you know, in the Hillcrest community. And yeah. so there's so many things um, that similar like that, that horrific stories that I think sometimes we hide under the beat um, because they're difficult to look at and we don't want to live in a, a space where, where where folks see that in us as well but I think that it is important more now than ever that we that we start looking directly at those things and, and start figuring out where are the places where where these larger issues are showing up in our rooms and therefore taking back the power that we hold to shift those things in our space so that we can maybe get closer to the ideal um, that folks have about us where, where, where those types of in, um, injustices are not impacting us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and that, you know, that's what this conversation is about and this podcast is I you know I feel within our community that maybe some of us have become complacent have become just comfortable they don't we don't see it as much yes we have him drive down on Sundays and so forth but you know I don't see it it doesn't bother me I'm just gonna stay here be quiet and, and that's like why right now is not the time to be complacent and um, you know this whole like I said this whole ideology has been okayed you know, by this this right-leaning faction in our government, and it is not okay, and we cannot accept it, and just like Nazism, it has to be literally stomped out. It's got to be, it's got to be disapproved of across the board so that these people go back. And the thing that bothers me is that we as LGBTQIA people, we love each other. We don't discriminate. We don't care if you're a Muslim, if you're a Buddhist, if you're a Christian, if you're a Wiccan, if you're if you worship Satan. We have got all of these all of these religions within our community. We do not hate, we do not call people names. We accept everybody. I'm just as comfortable sitting around a Wiccan. I, I, you know, I, I consider myself an atheist, but I'm comfortable sitting with anybody. We're okay with it. They are not and they are hell-bent on us not being okay. Absolutely. We will either bend or we will be extinguished and we will not bend. And that's why we have to fight. And I don't know what fight means at this point. I don't even know what that means. Yes, you fight with your vote. Yeah, you do. Well, okay. Let's just see where this goes. But <laughs> something's, gonna, something's gonna break and we all need to do our part and stand up. Our words need to be our weapons right now. Yeah. 100%. And I think that they are the greatest weapons. And as a, uh, as a literary artist, I also teach students. And I, I tell people, like, when you really, really think about it, 
everything that we exist in in this country is words on paper, right? It's all language. Mm -hmm. It's all documented ideas. It's all things that someone committed to paper and we, we decided to follow that. Right. And so when we say that words have power, that's not like a vanity statement. It's cliche. It's a thing that we, we throw around a lot and people don't necessarily um, stay connected to the meaning of that. But it really is the power of voice, the power of our words, the conversations that we have, the things that we promote and engage with that, that really shapes the foundation because all that we're fighting against is old ideas. Uh-huh. All that we're up Old playbook. Old Over ideas, and over again. Old sentences, old rhetorics, things that we committed to from a bunch of people that we're not educated and we're not ever going to be prepared for a world to look the way that it does now. Right. And, and I think that who we are naturally is, a, is an ever-evolving people and we're always expanding and we're always learning and I think unfortunately we live we exist within a structure that hasn't learned how to learn yet and so our part of our fight part of that 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 weaponry that we hold is by doing what we're doing now I think a lot of times even when we say use your voice raise your voice we're always thinking about people talking to the system or the man some big thing up there but it really is about the conversations between you and I that are going to change things it's about you know taking spaces like this and reclaiming them for for what the community built them on which was our learning which was our connection which was our protection of one another and I think that you know somewhere along the line we thought that it was all all a party and that's very necessary and and we love having fun and joy and all of that but I think that that joy and love also have a learning component they also have a, a, a part where we have to be educated in what that love looks like how we practice it and how we invite all another to stand together in the things that we that we truly need and if we don't have those conversations if we don't do that learning then then we're not sharpening our greatest weapon that we have to fight against this thing it's so important and like when i say we've been holding this this place for the kids like the this this new generation these babies it's been very comfortable for them like they haven't had to really like stand up and fight for anything major and like you know with with the pandemic coming and the blm move this lit a fire in these kids Mm -hmm. and um hopefully they're the ones that are going to be the ones to lead us out of this i hope they i I hope they have to because there is no because you know because there's not going to be any horse to ride soon. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like time to pass the torch. And I know that that's going to be hard for some because, like I said, it's been easy and they've been watching RuPaul's Drag Race for a decade. And it's so distracting. It's so wonderful. It's so, it's so many things, but it's also, in a time like this, very distracting. Among other million things that are distracting. But now it's time for these kids to realize that like everything that you love, everything that that brings you joy in your life is at stake. Yes. And I don't want them to get caught out in the cold. I don't want things to turn the wrong direction and them be not equipped with knowledge, not and just not equipped to deal with it. I, I fear that, you know, it, it could fold so easily and I just want, I just, I beg of you, children, our babies, please educate yourself. Get on Twitter. Twitter is a shit show. It is a drama fest, but get on there and curate it to your political needs and get your information there. It is, it is exciting. It is angering. It'll make you cry. It'll make you laugh, but you'll get, you'll get the information. You'll tap into what is going on. You'll start learning 
these people's names, mm -hmm. the villains and the heroes that I'm talking about that are running our country, and you will get invested, I promise you. I have never been a, an especially political individual. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know. You don't have a choice now. No, you don't have Speaking a choice, but heroes, I'm all in. I'm uh, all in. Who are some heroes that we should be following? Who are some shout outs? Um, I mean, obviously. Well, we have I mean, Brian Sims from Philadelphia. He's a representative from the House of uh, from the House, and he's, he's from just. Too, right? uh, I believe he, he lived here for a little while. Maybe mm -hmm. he's doing so much. He's an out gay man yep. doing so many things. Um, you know, for me, it's just you know, it's so easy to focus on the good, but I'm always just on the villains. I'm always about <laughs> the villains, and because I like to know who's coming for me. Right. You know yeah, what I mean? And, right. and listen, I'm in there. I'm supporting all of our Democrats and progressives that are working for us, but I wanna know, like, let's talk about Carrie Lake from Arizona. This, this woman is batshit crazy. She's a former newscaster who has now won her gubernatorial primary to be the governor. And she's a Trump Republican. She is, uh, she came for our sister, Barbara Seville, mm. over in Phoenix. Barbara Seville is the queen of dragon in um, Arizona and, um, you know, Barbara had all the receipts. Carrie Lake has been attending drag shows for decades. She's been, she's got all the receipts, all the photos. Carrie Lake is a clear and present danger to democracy. Um, we're talking about Senator Ted Cruz is just worthless, just a worthless tap on our country. Um, Matt Getz from Florida, he's just a villain. He's just, he's just there to stir shit. He hasn't done anything good. He hasn't, hasn't voted for anything good. He's a alleged child predator. He's got a case of the 17-year-old girl trafficking. Um, Florida in general. Doug Mastriano in Philadelphia is a, a J6. He was there. He's on camera at J6. He is running for it is just on how down the line. Are, I don't understand how these people can even be considered for an office after doing that. It's their eye, but you know, you'd but think. That, it, it just blows my mind. How is it even possible that Trump could possibly run for president again? That's, you know, it, whether or not he runs for president doesn't matter because he's going to jail. And why is Biden not stacking our Supreme Court I think that Biden's got his hands full. I'm hoping that he's got plans too, because we need to. They would do it in a heartbeat. They they, they pushed Amy Comey Barrett through in a week. Come on. Yeah. After saying that we couldn't put in Merrick right. Garland. Right. So, you know what? There's It's very double-sided. It's, um, it's time to take back the wheel. It, it's gonna change. We're gonna be the voice of change. We're going to um, initiate change. We're going to manifest change. Um, anybody listening right now, if you are not registered, go out right now, get online, register to vote. We have um, October right around the corner. We are in October. We're in October. It's right around the corner. Yeah. We have um, a voting coming up in just the next week or so. We'll be voting in November. November. Yeah. Um, I just got my book in the mail, so you know I, I got to crack it open and start reading. Get in there. <laughs> and I, 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 I think I want to support what you're saying there because I, I think in addition to those larger names, um, I think we miss a key component with not being familiar with who our local leaders are mm -hmm. and who the folks in community are that are 
um, basically responsible for amplifying the community voice into those larger rooms. And I think that um, more than anything, folks in San Diego community to familiarize themselves with people like Mayor Todd Gloria and um, Councilmember Monica Montgomery Step and all of the folks who are uh, local boots on the ground in the community rooms, having the conversations with folks and who are um, who will be our voices in those rooms that we don't necessarily have access to. Um, so our, our strongest anchor point and our strongest bridge point is through our, our local leaders and, and it is just as important to show up for their elections and to be a part of their conversations. If as not it is. more important. Not more <laughs> than anything else. Can I give a shout out Please. to Joseph Rocha yes. who is running against Daryl Issa out in the out in the east land of our kingdom. So um, Issa's had a firm grip out there. He does, but but what Joseph is doing is so important. It's about holding the space. It's about taking up the space. It's about it's about using the words and getting the exposure and getting through to whoever you can get through. And Joseph is a total sweetheart. He has been nose to the grindstone. I actually we have a just a short little story. He used to come see us at Rage when he was um, enlisted in the military during the Don't Say Gay years. Mm. So we have just this little connection and um, I'm just, I'm so proud of him and go Joseph Rocha. Go Joseph. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Hello, are we on the air yet? So you want to chat all things Hillcrest. Find out what's the tea in DC or who's up and coming in town and what shows are hot and where entertainment pop culture and all things drag well you've come to the right place from the church of glam studios live from the world famous urban mo's bar and grill this is ggtv are you up and coming in hillcrest a brand new queen or performer in town? Or social media sensation? Well, Jazzy's gonna wet your tea bags. Announcing Baby Queen of the Week, the hottest shows in town, and the queens to watch out for. Join the ultimate Hillcrest glam duo, Glam Angel herself, Jasmine Glam, and the incredible Quinn. Glam Angels, take it away. Hey, girl, hey. <laughs> you just threw that in there. Oh, I want to know who I need to watch out for. Ooh, who's coming for me, bitch? There's so many out there. We'll, we'll use this. I, I want to give a little shout out to, um, you know, let's give a little rundown. We have some amazing guest entertainers coming in for Dreamgirls. We do. This month. This is, and October's always our favorite month because obviously Halloween is our gay holiday. So we get to get it all out of our system. But yeah, we've got uh, Madame LaQueer this uh, week, the 5th. Uh, yeah. We're celebrating her birthday my sister from season four yes uh, i don't know if you'll remember us from the wrestling challenge uh-huh when See, we, we bring that back i would like to i just oh god i hate to put her on a leash girl i really do <laughs> i hate to put her on a leash but she's coming we got tammy brown's coming yes. in two weeks and then we're gonna have pangina with us for the halloween show yeah. yes. and um I, you know something may or may not happen this week and um and she won't even hear this but we may or may not this week have bitch pudding from Dragula in the house, uh, but here's the only problem, and I love her, but I don't know how she's DBA, because we've been discussing this for like a month and a half, and every time I hit back and say, yeah, girl, let's do it, she drops out. So she 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 hit, she popped back up yesterday <laughs> and said, hey, girl, I'm still going to be down there. Can I, can I come? I'm like, well, yes, absolutely. Come on down. Hit me. But could you just hit me back? 
yes or no, confirm or deny, take it or pass. And guess what? Bitch left me hanging for another 24 hours, girl. She ghosted you, girl. So I don't know. So she may be here. She may not. But in in any event, we're going to have a fabulous show on Wednesday. We love anticipation. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. There's also, of course, Strawberry's um, Ultimate Brunch every first Mm. and third Sunday of the month, I believe. Um, We have amazing shows and lineups at the all-new Martinis Mm -hmm. um, over there on 4th. Our our sister, Kevy Kev, has been really putting her work in. Absolutely. Um, As Shania Satisfaction. Shania has a new show out, yes. Um, And uh, what else has got? Marrow has some fabulous shows. We have uh, Gossip Grill has bingo on Wednesdays. Lips has bingo. I mean, there is, if, if any night of the week, if you want to go out and see some drag artistry. It's a drag renaissance it, in Hillcrest right It truly right now. is. Um, we are pointing to, I'm getting my, I'm getting a little, a, a little point from my producer. It is time to talk about mental health mm-hmm. and all wellness. And I think this is one of the reasons that we brought Khalil in because you know, there is a mental health tidal wave mm-hmm. on us. It started, I mean, it's been going for a while, but COVID sent so many people over the edge and still people are scared. Still people are getting sick. Um, you know, okay. <laughs> a girl, back to back, girl, you just went through that bitch. Yeah, getting sick and, and being, you know, still not comfortable with everything. No, it's not. So, you know, we wanted to take a moment to give um, Khalil a little uh, time to talk to us a little bit about mental health, about wellness and, and, and words of wisdom. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you so much for the invitation. Um, and I, I'm excited to that you all are including uh, mental health and wellness as a part of the conversation because um, I think that it is one of those uh, things that we gloss over and we don't necessarily, um, not all of us have a full understanding about what our relationships to mental health can and should look like. Um, and I think that where everything that we've been talking about today is all like mental health impacting. I think the things that folks are still healing and grieving through that we all live through through pandemic, I think that the things that are consistently being enacted and, and um, that we're all downloading on a um, consistent basis about what's going on in the world um, has really impacted things like hope for folks, have really increased things like anxiety, um, depression, the, ex- the extreme levels of isolation, all of the things that are medical facing with all of, you know, COVID, monkeypox, so on, so on, that just keeps promoting keeps coming. the idea it, it keeps coming. that we're not safe with each other right. when um, counter to that connection and togetherness sometimes is one of our biggest healing resources. So we're sort of in this battle where, where the thing that, that heals us and connects us most is the thing that we're being, uh, that fear is being turned towards um, at this time. And it, it, it really is impacting us. A lot of folks um, don't know that right now, like suicide is the second leading cause of death among um, people ages 10 to 35 years old. And so it's like there, uh, there's a, a high level conversation that sort of glosses over it. And then there's a real, um, 
there's a real numerical and statistical impact that shows just the level of devastation that we're in um, and the ways in which those numbers sort of increase and, and disproportionately impact LGBTQ communities and folks in trans identities and, and all of the folks that don't have traditional access and support um, and resources that really speak to their um, specific tailored needs around what it is that we're going through in our, um, in our hearts and our minds during this time. Um, it is now more than ever that we are, uh, as well as our political facing conversations, that we're checking in on one another about how we're how we're coping with the extreme amount of stress that we're all holding. How we are, where are we putting all of the thoughts and the fears and the frustrations um, that we're all experiencing, even if we're not actively engaged in politics or having the conversation out loud. We're all sort of walking around, um, sort of carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders and trying to figure out where our place is and, 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 and what to put, where to put our feelings and our, and our impacts around it. And I think that um, I, I'm working really hard to try to get out in the world and, and have as many conversations as possible with folks about how, how, they're, how they're coping and growing during this time. Um, I am a QPR trainer for the county. Um, QPR. QPR is a um, mental health intervention method called Question, Persuade, Refer, and it teaches people the skills of how to recognize the warning signs of a possible suicide, how to ask that person the right questions, and how to refer them to the appropriate resources for support. Um, and all of that is um, just really fancy words of saying that we, we teach people to offer hope through positive action. And, and um, in the QPR world, if anybody Anybody's ever um, had to take like a CPR training or anything like that. It's a similar certification and what we say is that what CPR does for the heart, QPR does for the mind. Um, and so I am, we're out here in the community trying to um, increase the access to that knowledge and get as many people trained in the skills as possible and really, really show up in environments like this and um, sort of promote the idea that that engaging in conversations in real healing ways and, and creating space for folks to be open and honest and to be themselves um, around each other is kind of one of the, uh, I think, greatest forces and biggest tools at our um, disposal right now because so much of the stress and so much of the worry and so much of the things that are happening in our community is, are emergent and ever evolving and people are, are accumulating um, stress in ways that, that is hard to name in real time. And so I think that our job is to hold as much space for as much conversation and as much learning and understanding as possible and figuring out where are the many ways in which folks find healing and where are the spaces for support and safety that folks can go to um, at whatever level of care that they need, whether that looks like direct clinical services or direct community services um, and in spaces like this that offer social and emotional support. Um, so I'm, I'm just working right now um, with, with young people specifically. Um, I think we talked earlier about sort of the, all of the hope that we're attaching to the future and the possibility that young people are bringing. And I don't think that we talk enough about um, the incredible burden that it is placed on youth's shoulders to sort of carry forward a world that they haven't always been fully invited to fully understand. And that feels right now because our leaderships and all of the folks that the spaces that young people are looking to trust. Um, we're sort of, our country's sort of being run by clowns right now. Uh -huh. and, and the folks that, um, where we would normally anchor hope and would normally look to say, you know, things will get better, 
um, that is not as easily identifiable for, for folks right now um, in the world. And so I think it's um, part of my intention as an artist and a community leader. And, and I think our job as, as humans right now is to promote as much of that hope and promote as much of that community um, and talk out loud as much as possible about things like mental health, about, about our feelings, about our thoughts, about um, the things that we're afraid of, the things that we experience, and not um, necessarily continue to separate the binary that says, like, in these places are the only safe places to have these conversations, you know, with these specific people, like clinicians or things are the only safe people to talk to when there's a world of individuals who are, are hurting and looking for healing and there's a world of people who have wisdom and experience um, and it really is just about finding those places for connection and belonging um, to start whatever healing process that we all need to be on. And I think that's so important because I see so many people, um, honestly, they, they, they kind of turn to Facebook mm -hmm. to, to express some of this hurt and some of this pain and I, I, it just makes me cringe sometimes because that's not the platform I think that you're going to necessarily get the positive support or reinforcement that you need. You know, uh, it, it, I feel like they're using the tools that they have at their disposal. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? I mean and that's, what, that's what this modern life has left them with, really. You right. know? And, the, and the pandemic and yeah. left, us, left us in a really disadvantaged position, so many people and so, much, so many layers of trauma over yeah. the last three years and not only the things that you have coming at you externally, but all of that baggage that you got to sit and think about for a year and a half on your couch. 100%, and I, th I think people are not talking enough about that, and I think there was a little bit of conversation mainstream that was happening um, that was highlighting the fact that for some people, especially black and brown people, LGBT people, people of diverse identities, um, the things that folks started participating in mainstream conversation around like trauma, inequity, racism, health, all of those things were active and present. Those were wars we were fighting before the pandemic sat us all down to watch together, you know? And so there is a there's a way in which stress and oppression moves through communities like ours that says we never get a breath, right? We never get a time to take a break and put something down before we take more on. So for a lot of communities, um, pandemic wasn't a time of rest, right? The, the shutdown didn't offer us space to go through our things. It was just us accumulating more stress on top of the, the stress that we were using busyness to distract ourselves from. And now we're sitting still holding more and more and more and finding less and less outlets to safely put it on. And I think that um, for me, it is one of um, my greatest frustrations, I think, um, when we don't honor the lived experience of folks in communities like mine. I think I, my, I am a, a black man, a queer man, a, per, a body that carries many intersections, and in all of um, the places that I come from, um, pain and hurt is a thing that we're taught to privatize, to separate ourselves from. And it's taught, uh, and the shame that we build around that is something that, that has taught me personally my whole life that like my neighbor, the person around me wasn't a person um, who I was safe enough to be with, right? That I have to keep something to myself. I have to not be um, sharing things with you that I'm afraid will separate me from you, things that you will judge me for, things that um, maybe, you know, folks 
taught you when you were young, you're not supposed to speak about out loud, but it's like, there's so many of us that are just waiting for that other person to have an honest moment with us mm -hmm. so that we can like unload the shit that we're, that we're carrying and that we can find that commonality and like, oh, oh, bitch, this was a stressful week for you too? Yeah, oh, you're barely surviving white knuckling? Me too. Oh, you're here on your third drink because home, you would rather be anywhere but home? It's like, yeah, that is a real thing for all of us. And, 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 and that's just a surface layer of, of how this thing is landing on us. And I'm, I'm, really, um, I'm really curious about how we're gonna turn things around because so much of the stress that we're enduring, so much of the mental health, so much of the overwhelm, the depression, the anxiety, the fear, is what is keeping us from being active in the places where we can, right? And it's what keeps folks from diving into a thing that they've lost hope around, like our political system. It's what keeps us from participating in conversations that feel more stressful, that leave us with more questions than we have more answers to. And it's like right now, we need the endurance, we need the strength, we need the collectivity that says, like, this is uncomfortable as hell, this is scary as hell, this is stressful as hell, and I don't have to do this alone. Mm -hmm. That's right. And so that's important. why we're here. That's why we're here. We're starting that ball going. You know, COVID put us into a survival state. We literally were walking out the door to work, to go to the grocery store, thinking this could be the day that I get COVID and die. 100%. We need to get back to a state of thriving. Mm -hmm. And I really hope that this podcast and, 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 the youth and, and I think I hope that this is a catalyst I know inside of my heart the catalyst has popped it, the flame has started yeah. the kick in the ass has has arrived yeah. um, you know this is a blessing for me to be able to do this to have made a connection with someone to help me do this and um, I'm so thankful for both of you for being here today for my very first GGTV. Um, it means a, a great deal to me, and I and I think that we will, we are starting change. Yes. And with that said, um, we we come to the end of the very first oh, GGT. I know, right? So fast. It goes. Yeah. You know, that hour goes. It was an hour. Just flew right by. Oh. So well, well, you know, the seat is always open for you, Chad. If you ever want to join us again, I yeah, I'm I'm happy to, um, I, and I you know I try to stay on top of things. Like I said, I'm not an expert, I you know, but um, I, I know what the tea is, and I can share it if you want me to. I so. think um, just before the next elect uh, uh, voting process, we need to come in here. We need to have a list. Yeah. We need to share that with the people. Maybe we'll bring in a representative. I sure. spoke to Todd last night briefly. Um, would love to get Todd in here and um, have some, some more conversation. Fantastic. And um, again, thank you so much both for being here. And um, I, I hope you enjoy the rest of the day. I hope you hang out with me for a little while. And um, it's time for church. Yes, Do it. church. Until next time. GDTV.